I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode is brought to you by MeBank, the bank built and supported by industry super funds. Ever wondered about getting a better deal on your home loan? Well, it might be time to get in touch with MeBank. Whatever your investment strategy you'll find a loan that's right for you with competitive rates and flexible home loan options. So stop wondering and start saving. Call MeBank on 131 563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Now here's the show. When you get to a stage and when you get to good financial habits in place, the right mindset and you're gaining some momentum, creating income and positive income starts just becoming a matter of signing papers to create pay rise. This is Property Investry where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're speaking with self-made property investor and entrepreneur Arjun Paliwal. At just 26 years old and with a whole future ahead of him, Paliwal shares his personal journey into the world of investing, showcasing how dedication and a positive mindset is the key to success. My full name is Arjun Paliwal. Um, what I do, well, funny story about what I do, I actually left work on the 1st of March earlier this year. So since 1st of March, I've just had a, a load of travel, trying to get back into shape and planning out a future business. So pretty much an entrepreneur in the making at the moment. Having dreamed of owning a business, Paliwal reflects on the past to explain how kickstarting his entrepreneurial career came about unplanned. It all started with the property investing and, and that coming along together pretty well. As soon as I got myself into a position where I could have a look back and go, hold on a minute, the numbers of the incomes is enough for me to you know, take a step back from work and focus on a big dream of mine, which is you know, being a business owner and owning my own business. And um, things came together and the numbers are matching up all right. So I was able to give my boss uh, you know, the heads up to say I was leaving and, and March 1st was the last day. He reflects that the road to property investing has given him a better appreciation for the small things in life. It's been absolutely amazing. Um, look, I think first first I should point out that I did enjoy the job I was doing, so it wasn't a matter of uh, leaving the job that I didn't enjoy. It was more so you know, just getting this time to myself. And during that period, a lot of travel, a lot of travel like USA, Bali, Vietnam, uh, New Zealand this week and, and some other parts of Australia next week. So... That's been a lot of fun, but if I was to round it up, I'd say the small things have been the most fun out of all rather than the big trips. I think going to a gym and there's not been many people there or usually what Bondi, Bondi, you know how Sydney roads are, right? Bondi might have been 
an hour plus drive. Of late, it's been 35 to 40 minutes just because I'm going in different times of the day. And uh, just being able to enjoy those little things without the rush in your mind, I think that's been the most fun. It has also left him with a more flexible daily schedule. I start off the morning bright and early, so getting into exercise and, and to be specific, uh, F45 is where I'm training at the moment, which is which has been great. Um, you know, every single day, whether I'm actually buying buying an investment property or or looking to make my money work better for me, I still am just finding a lot of a lot of my day going into research, which is which is actually um, a task that I really do enjoy. And uh, where I can, I, I fit in something in terms of an activity to go out, you know, get outdoors, meet some friends, family, play a bit of basketball, go out to the beach. And uh, wrap the day up, you know, with, with, with time with my wife and um, planning my business. So that's a day, a day in the life of me. Born and raised in New Zealand, Paliwell completed most of his schooling there before moving to Australia to get his master's degree. I actually um, am a Kiwi, so born and brought up in New Zealand, and uh, Wellington, New Zealand, to be specific. And I moved to Australia about I think seven and a half years now. So grew up in Wellington. So I started off, um, obviously, throughout the whole schooling system in, in, in New Zealand, in Wellington. Wellington College, actually, was the name of the school. And uh, went over to start university in, in New Zealand and moved over to Australia to finish my master's degree. So um, studying in, in the studies happened over here, and the early parts of the studies were back in New Zealand. So I did my MBA, my generic MBA, to give myself a, um, a rounded, you know, rounded understanding of the different parts, finance, uh, managing, business, so forth. So... It was an awesome experience, and funnily enough, I'm going to graduate next week. So even though I'd finished, I think, last May or last April, graduation's been a long time coming, and I'm going next week to Adelaide for the graduation ceremony. However, despite his qualifications, landing a job wasn't so easy. So my first job in Australia was um, a bit of a mission to grab, actually. So I think I found for my first six months, I was trying all over the place from, you know, r- retail jobs to, um, uh, you know, jobs across, you know, the food industry, all, all over. And I actually, funnily enough, was successful in, an, in a role as a customer service representative or otherwise known as a, a teller at CBA in the banking industry. So that was my first job. I, I was working for CBA up until March 1st, and um, I actually spent a lot of time working through different roles from the teller role progressing up to uh, branch management and different levels of branch management before um, having an exciting opportunity in the head office as a strategy manager for the young adult segment. So basically, we looked after uh, CBA's customer group of 18 to 29-year-olds and just worked on the strategy of how we can keep them more engaged with us uh, and help them you know, towards um, the future relationship with us as well. That's very exciting. That was definitely something that, that sounded really, really interesting. And how long were you with CBA for? So I was with CBA for about seven years, uh, about close to six years in the, in the retail network in the, branch, in the branches, and then uh, one year in the head office um, in the recent role that I had. Oh, it's, a, it's a fantastic workplace to work for. I think um, you know, there was a load of opportunity for career progression, and uh, also the opportunity to really just, you know, look after customers and work within some pretty, pretty exciting teams. With retail and customer service experience up his sleeve, Paliwell delves into the more personal influences that guided him into the property sector. I think um, I do have to owe a lot to, to my father for 
the influence. I think, you know, in his time, he had a lot of success personally with property from his time in New Zealand. And uh, he sort of really inspired me in the way of, you know, the nothing to something story. So he always shared how his uh, earlier times and the difficult times in New Zealand when he moved over from India and, uh, you know, working at the fuel station to eventually earning his own business as an engineer. And just from that time, he used property as a vehicle for himself. And that sort of gave me an, an insight as property would one day be an, a place for me to go and invest and a place for me to sort of um, build wealth. But I didn't know when that was going to happen. It just was a matter of um, it, think a couple of things happened together and, and it just started. It was actually almost out of nowhere. It just started with the journey of looking to go for our first home and, and, and dad was the one to sort of influence it from his success in the past. Building on this influence and the success he knew that could come from investing in property, Paliwell's journey began at a young age. I first started um, at the age of 22, so three, three and a half years ago now, close to four years I started in, uh, in property. It started off with just buying the first home and at that time, I didn't think of it as looking, I'm going to get into investing. I didn't think of it as um, can't wait to build a portfolio. I just started with, hey, we're living, living in Australia. Um, my girlfriend at the time, uh, we were just saying, hey, look, let, let's get our first place. And that's how it all started. It was after buying his first home and residing there with his family that Palawa realized the potential he had for investing in property. I think where it really, the light bulb moment came up in terms of the starting of the investment was when we had this huge mortgage repayment in, 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 for a home in Sydney, right? So I think my wife and I, the repayment together was about, you know, four and a half thousand or four thousand seven hundred dollars per month on a principal mortgage. And I guess when that was coming out every month at that age and, uh, you know, fortunate to have some good incomes at the time, it made us feel that, hey, hold on a minute, look, these incomes that this income is servicing this loan quite quite easily. And, and you know, this mortgage repayment that we thought was going to be the end of us is, is actually um, quite manageable. And it just made us think, what if we were able to, you know, construct our savings position a little bit better because we aren't feeling the punch of it with this mortgage, what more can we do? And it just got us into a moment of, you know, tightening our expenses, um, continuing to focus on growing our income and thinking about, you know, investing in property further because of, um I guess the effect of the first one just not being uh, so difficult on our finances, we felt like we could do more. He explains how purchasing a home with the intent of fulfilling personal goals provided him with equity that would set him up for future investments. I think when we were buying our first one, we always knew that we were going to have the structure of uh, me, my wife and my mum and dad. And with that in mind, um, we also imagined ourselves in the future being quite flexible. When I mean myself, uh, ourselves being flexible was my wife and I. So we were looking at, okay, could we get a place where we could all live together uh, at the moment? It would be in that sub-million dollar you know, price range, uh, a home where mum and dad would enjoy from their communal perspective and their friends and, and other people they know, uh, plus it'd be okay with us from work and, and that perspective. And that's how it all came together. I think uh, Glenwood has a, um, a prominent Indian community as well, and, and a lot of friends and family uh, members are out here. And I found that was quite easy as well for the move. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into Paliwal's journey and how he got started in property. It started off with um, seeing someone else 
do well with it. And I think when I mentioned my dad, uh, seeing him do well with it, that just gave it a sense of simplicity. How he grew his portfolio. And that's when I told myself, look, it's it's just going to be a matter of doing the research, continuing my financial habits, and signing the right papers, which to me just meant taking action. And that's next. I'm Tyron Shump, and you're listening to Property Investory. This episode is brought to you by MeBank, a different kind of bank built and supported by industry super funds. You could be getting a better deal on your home loan by getting in touch with MeBank. They offer competitive rates and two loan types, one with a range of features including the ability to fix your rate and have multiple offset accounts and another that's nice and simple with no ongoing fees. Both loans provide the flexibility of interest only or principal and interest. So, whatever your investment strategy, you'll find a home loan that's right for you. Stop wondering and start saving by giving MeBank a call on 131563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Now back to the show. Are you looking at buying or investing in property? Don't panic. Property is still a great investment. Is it now the time to buy, sell or hold? Find out from Australia's leading industry experts on how to take advantage of today's market. You'll learn the secrets to renovating for profit or gain the knowledge, skills and motivation to invest at the first home buyers masterclass, plus much, much more. Whether you're a new or experienced investor, you can't miss the Sydney Property Buy Expo on the 7th, 8th and 9th of September. Use the promo code PI for a three-day free pass valued at $50. For tickets and more information, visit propertybuyexpo.com.au. Paliwal illustrates that it was his exposure to the stories of other individual successes that led him onto the path of property investment. It started off with um, seeing someone else do well with it. And I think when I mentioned my dad, uh, seeing him do well with it, that just gave it a sense of simplicity that, you know, you're every day with a person that's done it well. And uh, then when you ask for other stories, there's other, you know, customers of mine at the bank that I was looking after and my wife was in the in the banking space too, that they were constantly, you know, building big, bigger portfolios, um, coming back and we were financing their loans. And that just made me, rather than just, I guess, do the loan or complete the, the um, what they were after, I actually had an opportunity to discuss with them about their journey and understand more about why they're doing it. So it was a mix of a simpler concept to understand because you were just talking to so many people about it hearing um, customers and their success stories, working in the industry, and just the basic fundamentals of people needing a place to live. So I think that when I combined all these things together, that really gave an opportunity for me to say, this isn't too difficult to grasp if you can um, you know, put all these things together and start, making, and t- start taking action. It was by utilizing this knowledge that Palawal was able to build his portfolio. We've got nine places at the moment, um, eight residential, one commercial. And I believe the portfolio is worth anywhere between three and a half to four million dollars at the moment. And uh, we've, built, we've been building that for the last three and a half years, so 26 at the moment. With issues arising during the investment process, Palawal showcases how determination and a positive mindset can triumph challenge. So, going back, I guess, 
throughout the portfolio, I'd be quite fortunate to say that um, I had a bit of a, a smooth run from properties one to eight. Um, I think on the ninth one, the most recent one, where we purchased a commercial property, the story that really made, you know, the outcome of the story is an interesting one, and the valuation for the property when, when we first purchased it didn't come out okay. So as you know, with commercial properties, the cash required as well from a deposit is usually a little bit more. And then when you think of a valuation coming down a little bit, it increases, again, the cash that you need to put into it. And it was a bit of a, a big decision for, for me where I was like, okay, do I forego this property because the valuations come up low and uh, you know, forego some expenses that I've already put into place, solicitors, conveyancing, a few other things, and um, do I go into other deals and, and, and start reviewing other options? But there was just so much that was actually really positive about this place in terms of the income, the commercial lease structure, um, the time period of the lease and other factors that I felt, look, this is a business that I've got as a tenant. I'd really like to invest in. What can I do? So I, I got onto the computer. Um, I, I challenged, you know, every single thing in my mind in terms of, you know, let's let's go through this particular property and, and find out if there's any comparables, uh, find out comparable lease structures and rent amounts. And I submitted a challenge, which I wasn't going to do um, initially. I was actually just going to move on. The challenge came up successful. They accepted the high valuation and uh, we settled on that property. So I think the worst moment was that I was this close to giving up. I had a valuation that didn't come out okay. And what I learned from it was, you know, don't take no for an answer. If you truly believe the fundamentals, the numbers, and things look all right, what can you do to back up your belief? Is it just a belief that you think it's good from your gut feeling, or is there numbers that you can put aside to say, hey, I really do feel that this is worth this much for X reasons, and they were able to accept it, and we've had a really good property go from there. He also explains how persistence and following your intuition in the investing industry can also pay off. With commercials, I guess the interesting point is um, the lease structures make up a lot of the valuation uh, in terms of the potential income, the income that's there, um, you know, the time of lease, and and putting that really to the um, valuer was the main part part for me. I felt that hey, this lease is significantly higher, and in terms of the income amount than other other comparable offices. Um, there were, you know, some other sales that were happening in the area with much lower yields in, the, in this particular, in, in Victoria, Melbourne, actually. And I just felt that, you know, if there were similar, similar sort of buildings selling in that, you know, six to seven percent in the yield mark. I felt that with this property returning eight to eight and a half percent net, there is really no, no opportunity for someone to be able to value it lower than than places that are selling for six to seven. Um, I presented as much info as I could together to the lender. I presented as much info about the business, the lease that I could as well. And uh, they then made the decision and, and overturned, overturned the value. But how did he come to make that decision when considering commercial over residential property? I've always been someone who uh, lives by the numbers. I think I've taken, um, I think I've taken emotion out of investing since the first property. And I just wanted to really stick by that. I had a formula with a residential that was coming along quite well. However, even with so many accumulating, I felt like the aspirational cash flow, cash flow goals just weren't quite as high as I'd like them to be. So it was a matter of, okay, do you 
use the money now and continue to buy one to two residentials or two to three residentials per year and continue to build at the pace? Um, or do you look at opportunities to have lower leverage debt on a property, higher income, and sure, it may take you a little bit longer to save or a little bit longer to build a deposit because of the needs and the size of the deposit. Um, which one are you going to select? So I felt that I just wanted to prioritize higher cash flow opportunities at that point. And because I diversified already with a, a decent size residential portfolio, it wasn't like I was putting all my money into one cash flow property and hoping for the best, especially with commercials being so at control of the um, tenant and, and their particular business and how that's running. I wanted to make sure that I had some diversity in my portfolio first before moving on to commercial. So I think I had achieved that and that's where it sort of came up to make the move. And then the fact with the lease is being so um, flexible as well, you'll get a different lease in the next door property and the property above it and the property across the road. It just comes then down to your negotiation, your review, your due diligence. And that puts more, more of it on you rather than the market itself. Furthermore, Palawal shares the pivotal moment that he realized investing in property was no longer just a dream, but a life-changing opportunity that could be grasped with the right mindset. This is a, um, a really interesting story to share. So, I think it was about the uh, fourth property we purchased. It was a dual occupancy and um, it was a high-yielding brand new build and a moment hit me then and I think the moment was, hold on a minute, I literally just signed two papers. One paper for the bank in terms of accessing equity to get a loan um, and, of course, the new loan. And the second part was a paper for the contract of sale to purchase a new property. So effectively, I think I'd created a 5 to 7K pay rise in my annual income just through signing two papers. So what it made me think then was when you get to a stage and when you get to good financial habits in place, the right mindset, and you're gaining some momentum, Creating income and positive income starts just becoming a matter of signing papers to create pay rises. And that's when I told myself, look, it's, it's just going to be a matter of doing the research, continuing my financial habits, and signing the right papers, which to me just meant taking action to continue to you know, keep building this portfolio and continue to, I guess, create pay rises. And when I um, looked at that moment for myself, I, I looked at, okay, very much a best case and a worst case scenario. And I find myself doing that with almost everything in life. My best case scenario was I had a cash flow created in this particular, a positive cash flow created in this portfolio or this property that created X of a pay rise. The middle scenario was perhaps rates in future are a little bit higher, or perhaps you have periods where maybe you didn't pick, you know, an investing location that would have been ideal. And for a couple months, the properties, you know, um, not tenanted. Okay, my cash flow might be neutral. All right, well, what's your worst case? Rates could be significantly higher, and then my cash flow might be negative. Let's compare my negative cash flow to other investment decisions that are happening all over Australia, particularly in Sydney and Melbourne. My negative in the portfolio, my worst case, was the same as someone's best case purchasing a highly negatively geared um, Sydney property or a highly negatively geared Melbourne property. So for me, I looked at it that way. My best case was I was earning income, my neutral was the, the middle cap part. And then my worst case was just having the same type of investment as someone living down the road from me being 20 to 30K or 15 to 20K negative on that one purchase. So I felt that in the highest of rates and worst of conditions, um, that was my worst case. And that was my aha moment, looking to go, 
you can sign papers to create pay rises and you can have your best case and worst case mapped out and it doesn't look all too bad. So I think that was the moment that really got me to accelerate from there. Finally, with this perspective in mind and the successes that he's achieved at such a young age, Paliwal demonstrates how applying a positive mentality to all that you can do in life can be a catalyst to your success. I think that best and worst case layout that you can do for yourself, um, it, it could be from anything. It could be from sports, right? If I take this shot or if I make this make this goal, if I miss, what's the best and worst case? Like the worst case might be you go home, um, you're sad about the loss and you missed a shot and you're on to the next game. So I think if you apply that little mentality across everything, that I find that takes away the fear from a lot of decisions. So, inspired by Arjun Palawa's journey to success and his amazing aha moment, we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode of Property Investory where we'll discuss his strategy. So, having a fine balance between the two was ideal for me to be able to grow income. So, that was, the, I guess, the nuts and bolts of that particular strategy, just finding that balance between the two. The personal habits which have been contributing to his success. My little habit that I find that contributes to my success is breaking everything down to numbers. And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory. Also, are you looking at buying property in 2018? Would you like expert tips and advice on the best ways you can purchase property? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, learn from the experts by downloading the Property Investment Buying Handbook. It contains the best tips and advice from 37 of Australia's leading property experts. Simply visit propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to get your copy right now. Thanks for listening. If you love the show and you're ready to get serious about saving on your home loan, give MeBank a call. MeBank is the bank built by industry super funds, famous for their competitive rates and flexible home loan options. So, whatever your investment strategy, you'll find the loan that's right for you. Call MeBank on 131563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. 